At Cool Air Products, we developed AC Smart Seal Quick Shot with professionals in mind. It's the only product on the market that's three in one with sealant, lubricant, and UV dye all in a single application. It's non-toxic, non-flammable, 100% safe to the touch, eco-friendly, and compatible with all refrigerants. It's a safe solution option, backed by years of R&D, Intertech tested, and has sealed millions of leaks. AC Smart Seal, the professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the HVAC Know It All podcast. I have a young lad by the name of Callan Kusmik. And Callan, I hope I'm saying your last name right. I hope and pray I'm saying your last name right. Callan, we're going to call him Cal for short. He's 24 years old and he runs a mid-size HVAC business, which is very, very cool. Not many 24-year-olds have the wherewithal to do this. All right, but he's doing it. And we're going to talk to Cal about the ups and downs, advantages, disadvantages, all that stuff, his day-to-day stuff that he goes through and, and how he goes about running running a business. Very cool conversation coming up with Cal. And just to give just to give the, the podcast intro a little bit of nostalgia, I guess, if you will, me and Cal talked about a podcast I did that he listened to Back in the day, I recorded one of my very first podcasts where I sat in my bathroom with a crappy mic. Well, guess what? I'm back in that bathroom. I'm not using the crappy mic anymore. I'm actually using my phone, but I'm back in that bathroom to do this intro just to give the podcast that special touch just for you, Cal. Anyway, guys, this is the HVAC Know It All podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCree. Cal, what's up? How you doing, man? Hey Gary, Gary, I'm good. How are you? I'm good because uh, I actually hit the record button properly this time. My, <laughs> last, my last podcast, I was talking to Matt Matt Bertram, and we were like five minutes in, or I don't know, maybe not five minutes yeah. in, but we were we were like three four minutes in. I'm like, oh man, you know what? I forgot to hit record. And, I uh, listened to that know, one last night. It was a, oh, it was did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was pretty cool, and actually, that might even be something. Did you did you um? So, what we're discussing is is my last podcast with Matt Bertram when we were talking about SEO and creating a personal brand for yourself. And we're gonna get into um, it's Callan, but we're gonna call him Cal for short. We're gonna get into a conversation with Cal about how he he runs and manages a midsize HVAC business, residential and commercial, right? Right. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so the podcast that you listen to with Matt, is that something right. that could help your business, you think? Like the the discussion, like the oh. SEO and becoming a personal brand and all that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We actually, um, and I, I managed most of that actually for us. And I'm going through, going through a lot of that stuff on the daily. Uh, we have a couple companies that assist with some of the pay-per-click stuff and the advertising through Google stuff. But for the most part, I'm keeping an eye on it, keeping my, my finger on the pulse for the most of that stuff on the day to day. Cool, man. So, I mean, but, the the reason, yeah. the reason why you and I are talking is because I was pretty impressed when you wrote me a message back on November 25th at 7.09 PM getting pretty uh, <laughs> precise there. <laughs> I, I even know what you were wearing, Cal. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, so listen, 
I was pretty impressed that that you're a young a young 24, but you are running your own mm-hmm. shop now. Break that down. Like, how, how, is it a family business? Is it your business? Like, how are you at such sure. a young age running running a shop? So just break it down for us. Yeah, yeah. It's actually so. It's a family business. Uh, it's my it's my dad's business. So I'm the the boss's son. <laughs> um, but but no, how how it how it came about really was you know I uh, got into it when I was probably 12 or 13 year old 13 years old um, helping them out. You know we were they were about a quarter of the size we are now and we're pushing you know 25 employees or so right now but um i was you know the, the kid out there washing the vans and changing the oil and painting the shop and sweeping it up and you know kind of one thing led to another and got into helping out some of the uh the installation teams with being the i call myself i called myself the apprentices helper so i was kind of the guy that got into crawl spaces and ran line sets when no one else wanted to and I really kind of started from the bottom, um, but no, but anyway, so I went to college, um, had the the opportunity to go to college. So I uh, did that after high school and got my degree in uh, business management from Colorado State University. Uh, I'm located up here in Northern Colorado, by the way, but, um, you know, I swore I never wanted to get back into HVAC. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. Um, you know, I wanted to take the, the white collar life and be an investment banker and that's kind of what the, the track I was studying I did a little bit of finance in college too but anyways by the time I graduated I um my dad presented me with an opportunity because he needed some managers he needed a manager specifically to run the residential department which was most of their business um so I said sure why not got into it and that was you know four four and a half years ago now um and man I, I love it I'll never I'll never regret that decision I've we've grown kind of exponentially since then. And, um, yeah, man, it's, it's been pretty awesome. So l- let me ask you this, like how, what is the average age of the, the tech in your company and how old is the oldest? Oh, we've got one guy right now that's running every day. I think he's 65 he's, and he's probably one of the hardest working guys we have. Um, and average, uh, man, I, I would probably say, you know, mid to late thirties on average. Um, and that's, you know, we've got some younger guys that kind of bring that average down a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, for, for most of my career, it's been managing techs that are twice my age, which I could tell you has been the biggest struggle. I think I've, I've been through professionally. Is how do you gain that, that respect from, from those guys, especially being the boss's son too, you know? Yeah. That's, that's exactly why I'm asking you that question because that was my next question is how, how do these guys that are twice your age respond to you um, that basically in their mind, like a kid is, mm-hmm. is, um, is telling them what to do. <laughs> so like, how, are, yeah. how are they, how are, obviously you've said it's one of the hardest things you've had to deal with. So obviously you've had some pushback, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had, you know, good days and bad days. A lot, obviously lots of, lots of failures, things I've learned on and, uh, made me a better, a better manager and, and obviously led to some growth in it as a company. But, um, you know, I kind of just, I, I did go into it with the, you know, I, I, I've got this college degree and, you know, I'm the boss's son. I've been doing this for this many years, but that, that's all in my head. You know, that, that these guys don't necessarily know any or most or any of that, but, um, especially the, the time I've put into it in the, the years, you know, um, 
but what I had to kind of learn was, you know, I'm here essentially to help every single one of them and just try to develop a relationship with them. So they know that I'm, I'm here for them and, you know, they need support. I've got their back. Uh, we're here to, you know, do the best thing we can be for or the best we can be for our customers. But, um, and we just kind of work on it together. And obviously there's expectations and standards that I set. And we just, as long as you, you measure what you're managing, um, when you talk about things, it, that right there, I would say is the number one key for kind of earning respect. And, you know, it, uh, when you go nonchalant about it and you're not measuring the things that you should be managing and you're not there to help everybody and you're not, you just kind of have this piss poor attitude. You're people see right through it, you know? Yeah. 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 You have to be, um, as a manager, see, I've seen managers in the past or bosses in the past clearly draw a line and say, listen, I'm the boss, you're the employee. And, and they clearly make it known. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then and you see some managers or bosses that, that don't draw that line. They basically, they include you as, as one, as part of the team, they hold you accountable, but they also hold themselves accountable at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, shit runs downhill. Like if you don't create culture from the very top, um, right. There isn't going to be one. There, there isn't going to be one. There's going to be, there's going to be, um, there's going to be a lot of dismay. <laughs> there's going to be a lot of like yeah. in the shop meetings, everybody will be quiet. Yeah. We'll go outside and we'll all start talking smack about, about the boss and blah, blah, blah. But if you're, if you're one with the guys, you become their friends, you hang out with like, no, I mean, you don't have to go out after work and hang out with them. But if you hang out with them on a personal level at work and get to know them and hold yourself accountable, even pick up a broom and sweep the floor. So they see you doing that. Like yep. my boss isn't afraid to sweep the floor. Like some bosses won't sweep, sweep the floor because they feel they're, yep. they're above that. Right. So if you do all that stuff as a boss or an owner or a manager, you're going to resonate with your techs hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about it, if you put it in layman's terms and I think management at all, all levels, middle managers and, you know, upper level managers, executives and pick up page, what you have to understand is, without your employees, without your techs, guess who's sweeping the floor, you know? And I, th- I think if you don't really truly understand that, that that's you, you know, you should be doing that. Anyway, you should be humble. You should be able to relate with your techs. And that is one thing, Gary, that's one thing that um, I've been doing more recently, I'd say in the last couple of years that has really made a difference is going out in the field. And I don't know everything. I'm 24 years old. You know, I've got guys that are senior techs that, have plenty of experience well beyond what I've seen in the field. And I like that. I, I, I lean on that and I ask for their opinions and we make decisions together. And I think it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's included. So like take, take us through a day. Um, Cause I, like, let's face it, man, there's, there's, there's kids between like 18 to, to, to your age, 24, that are really just getting started out in the trade and, and, and you're helping to run a business. So, I mean, from a managerial standpoint, like what is a, a regular day for you? At, like from, from, from start to end, really? Yeah. Well, man, every, every day, is, every day is different, obviously. And some people say that, but um, like, let's say like a, a Monday, for example, we, that's the days we'll hold all our staff meetings, but, well, you know, I'll come in and 
usually have meeting notes prepared. So we'll sit down and sit by department and I'll lead, lead the team through meetings. We'll all get together and talk about good things, bad things, training, um, everything before the guys hit the field for the day. Um, and then from there, once the guys are rolling, I'm, you know, usually sitting down going, usually I'll sit down with accounting, uh, with dispatch, kind of walk the, walk the line, walk the shop a little bit, make sure everyone's taken care of. We'll, uh, and I'll spend some time going over invoices for the previous day, make sure notes are clear, um, you know, issues are solved. You know, we're getting paid, obviously, making, continuing our business on, but um, spend some time doing that. And then, you know, if it calls for me to go to the field, if, if we've got specific um, issues going on or anything that needs follow-up or sensitive, I don't want to say sensitive customers, but customers that need some additional attention depending on the problem they've got, I'll get in the truck and, and meet the tech over there and we'll, we'll solve it um, or we'll go through it little by little. And then I'll usually kind of just, I don't want to say put out fires, but just be available all day to um, answer questions, make sure everything's run, running smoothly because obviously that stuff comes up um, on a whim. But other duties, you know, I'll like you were saying with the SEO stuff, um, that can be kind of on and off. And like I said, I, I keep my finger on the pulse on that a little bit every day, but I'll just check and see how our analytics are performing. I'll usually check in with our, our web developer once every other day or so, make sure the website's seeing the results it needs. Um, I'll play around with our pay-per-click and our Google ads and everything. And if we're slow, I'll ramp it up. If we're, we're busy, I'll slow it down. And what that means for, for those of you that aren't, uh, you know, keeping an eye on that stuff every day, is it's just the amount of funds you're basically pumping towards ads to get people to click to your website. Um, so keeping a flow on the marketing, keeping good flow on the marketing and, uh, is important. But then the other thing, I kind of have a lot of, and a lot of wear a lot of hats, but I'll obviously run all our social media. So I'll make sure we're posting content to that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of just a lot. And then do all the recruiting. We, we, we've got a recruiting software that whenever we've got jobs posted, we'll I'll look through resumes. If there's anyone that's looking for a job, that'd be a good fit with us. We'll I'll usually sort through and sit down with the owner and my dad or other management there and make a decision on if we want to bring someone in and go through the interview stuff with them. But yeah, I mean, it's, the duties are kind of all over the place, but I can tell you it that's, never stops. That's, that's I mean, a I'm, lot. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot of yeah. duties, man. Like when I was your <laughs> age, I was like, when we go to Niagara Falls, guys, let's spend 800 bucks to get drunk. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I was doing. Yeah. It was like, just like, and, and then until I, until I got married and stuff, then you start settling down and relaxing and, but man, I can't imagine being your agent and having those responsibilities. So I, I got to commend you for that, man. Um, I did want to ask you, since you are, a, I, guess, I guess you would be considered a millennial, correct? So if you haven't heard, Blue On and HVAC Know It All have teamed up to bring you some refrigerant education. All right, there's tons of education out there we can bring you on refrigerant. Now, TDX20 is Blue Wand's R22 replacement. And until we start bringing forth some of that fire for you guys, you guys should download the app, Blue Wand's app, because within that app, there's thousands upon thousands of unit manuals. And they're very easy to get to. So say you're working on a Lennox. You hit Lennox, you start typing in the model number, you pick the model number you're working on, and boom, you have a manual 
to that specific unit. There's also conversion instructions from R22 to TDX20 as well. All right, so until we start bringing some of that educational fire, download that app, guys, because it's well worth to have on your phone. Today, I posted up a video of a very basic animated video from one of Dan Foss's e-lessons on TX valves. Now, it gives you, the animation is very cool. It gives you some real good insight on internally how a TX valve operates and how it flows refrigerant through it and when it flows refrigerant through it. So check that out. I posted uh, the video actually on Facebook and, and Instagram. And in the podcast summary, I'm going to leave the link to that e-lesson for you guys to check out. So my friends at House Call Pro, they have offered up through our through our promo link $19 for the first month okay, to use their, their dispatching, invoicing, um, all-in-one service business software. So check that out at housecallpro.com forward slash HVAC know it all. And then again, XOI Technologies, guys, they're doing something great in the industry. I talked to somebody on LinkedIn today and they're, they're mentioning how they're bringing in, um, one of the, I think it was an account executive. I can't remember. I can't recall a hundred percent what, what the title of the person was, but they're bringing them in to teach or bring the new hires for their company up to date with XOI because it's holding the techs accountable which is a good thing, holding the techs accountable on the job. And it's also providing transparency and value for the customers to see exactly what's going on on their site. Okay, when they see what's going on their site, and it's not just written on a piece of paper, they see it visually through video or, or photos, they can make a quick snap decision on getting a repair done, which generates more work for you. And it generates more income or more revenue for the business. Also, guys, true tech tools, 8% off your purchase with promo code know-it-all now a little birdie has told me that testo is going back or moving back to the promo code rather than the link that i had so i don't know if that's 100 percent set up just yet but when it is by the time the next podcast is released hopefully we can fire know-it-all at testo products at true tech tools and get our eight percent rather than using the link This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago, a trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com, best in trade. Yep, yep, that's correct. Okay, so the reason I ask is because that, and and I actually really like, and a lot of of old-timers are like, they don't like this this attitude towards work and life, this work-life balance. Mm -hmm. eight yeah. hours sleep, eight hours work. Um, and yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, just this thing. So do you have a specific mindset on this work life balance because, because of your, your age, do you have a specific mindset on that? Like, are you free flowing? Like if, if in the middle of the day, a tech has like an appointment they got to go to, like, are you cool with them taking off to their appointment for a couple hours and coming back into work after? And you know what I mean? And, or are you guys strict about yeah, between this time and this yeah. time. Sorry, you're mine. Yeah, yeah. Um, from a manager standpoint, I think uh, I don't. I wouldn't say I have like a specific, a specific uh, mindset towards it. Uh, but I would tell you. I mean, more so, I would say on like a company culture side. But yeah, I mean, if I've got a tech with an appointment in the middle of the day, or you know, he's got something come up, you know, 
as long as we set the expectations that what we got to get done is is done there's nothing at all that needs to be that is absolutely pressing i don't have an issue with them doing it but as soon as you know you've got techs that are abusing that you know and taking advantage of that it, it becomes clear you know as long yeah, as like yes. I said, as long as you're measuring that stuff yeah man it, 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 could, it could also yeah yeah it could do a lot for your culture too you know having um like I said, just setting expectations, measuring it, and having a little bit of sympathy for that stuff, but but also, you know, having the accountability, having them, holding them to the accountability that we're here to work, we're here to make money and fix things, you know? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, I think there has to be a balance from both sides. Like, I mean, the employee can't be like every week have <laughs> two days where he has an appointment that he's got to go to or something like that but i mean um from the other side from the employer side if if uh if the employee maybe has like a health condition like something i don't know what maybe they have to go for uh only get in at one o'clock in the middle of the day i mean i i feel like if it comes to the the health of that person um you want them as healthy as possible to be able to go out and work for you so I think when it comes to stuff like that, I was in charge of a company. I'd be it, but then if you can come back to work, finish your job, like that's cool. Like not, not a problem, right? Right. Right. So, so since we're on the the topic of of your generation, <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's talk yeah. about this. You okay. at your shop are you forward thinking when it comes to utilizing digital tool, not digital tools in the field, but digital tools for your office to manage it? Like work order software, uh, billing software, all, all that kind of stuff that just makes your, your workflow easier. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We, um, so I think that was like my first order of business. We went from, you know, carbon paper invoices, not that long ago to, we're running, we're running uh, mobile software for invoicing and, and uh, CRM software. And then even took it one further, we, you know, utilized a different software for all the proposals and estimates and stuff on the residential side, um, just because we like the way that that looks for, for the customer on the customer side. Did the same thing on the commercial side because we're, you know, residential and commercial, but um, utilizing on-screen takeoffs and making sure that we're not, we're not bidding bidding work by hand anymore and doing things that allow for an efficient and timely response to our customers and contractors. Um, and, and honestly, I think, I think that's kind of the next thing is, you know, the industry is always changing and obviously technology and the times are, are part of it, but you know, you're kind of harming your business if you're not taking advantage and leveraging those things. Cause these days customers, they like getting, messages for the most part they like getting messages and texts are on the way they want to know who's coming you know what do they look like uh, a little bit about them so they can break the ice so it's not awkward when they get there um you know getting the ability to like pay their invoice online so that they don't have to hand a text a credit card or a, che- a paper check anymore um you know really those things really do make it make a big difference but um yeah i mean we utilize stuff like group me for um i kind of put that in place for group messages uh, so you don't have 15 text message strands going on everything kind of stays in one place i'll drop i'll drop technical info in there every now and then for the text to, to read over when they get a when they catch a break or 
sit in between calls or something. Um, yeah, I, I guess a good example, Gary, we, uh, one of our service meetings, this was right after, right before I messaged you, uh, I sat down with my service guys and, uh, in our service meeting, we actually listened to, listened to one of your podcasts. I think it was one of the first ones where you went over some basic, oh, basic electrical troubleshooting. I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. That, that embarrasses me, man. Cause I was in, I was in yeah. my, my bathroom with, with the crappiest headset yeah. in the world recording that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and it's, you know, I don't know. It's good. I mean, I think, I, I think it's always a good, it's always a good thing just to stay caught up on that stuff. And honestly, my, my thinking was, I'm like, man, I like listening to this guy. And if my guys don't have to hear me, talk about the same stuff this week they're probably happy too so so that that's cool man your guys you guys listen to some of the podcast that's awesome yeah yeah so like what the heck did i want to ask you again i had i had a question lined up there for you so <laughs> i i guess you've already said that one of the hardest things you've had to do is deal with the older techs but here's a question that comes up when somebody might be thinking about starting their own business or running mm -hmm. their own business. And, and I want to see if you guys encounter this, these problems and, and how you deal with them. Maybe you maybe help or give some guidance on, on how you deal with this stuff. So one of the, one of the reasons yeah. I didn't want to start my own HVAC physical HVAC business is because one, I didn't want to, we're in a very competitive market in Toronto here. There's companies everywhere and there's undercutting, low bidding and low balling. And the, so there's that. And I wasn't willing to compete in that and to have done a job because I'm trying to beat some hack on his price, mm -hmm. right? There's that. And then there's the fact that sometimes you need to chase money. Sometimes it's customer with those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, as far as like um, advice for anybody that's thinking about it or going through it, regardless of their age or, um, you know, I, I don't know. And especially with those, with those obstacles that you face, um, like you mentioned, I think that as long as you have the w the willingness to provide something that um, I guess quality work or something that no one else is providing, of course you're gonna you're gonna make your your niche. So you're never gonna run out of work, and, and hopefully you, you get in a space where you're you're not having to deal with undercutting, um, or you're able to combat it. I know that's one thing that that we like to do or we, we're really trying to do is really push the quality and the customer service side. I think everybody should be doing that. But um, if you really focus on that, do the little things that take care of your customers and you can express that and get examples of that and testimonials of that. Uh, you can combat a lot of the undercutting. I mean, it's going to happen. People, people will pay the cheapest price to get it done, but they'll usually we've seen it time and time again, they'll, they'll come back around. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily worry too much about it. As long as you're, as far as the undercutting, as long as you're willing to, to put in the work and take the extra time and effort, whatever that may be, to provide better work than the next guy, um, gather testimonials from customers that really do appreciate you because that stuff will come around. And it will come around to the point where you'll have referrals and you won't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about other guys coming in because it'll just be you. Um, does that answer your question, Gary? I don't. Yeah. 
No, no, no. That's that's okay. a good answer. Um, yeah, it, customer service is is massive to to customer retention, right? So you treat them well, and you don't try to home run on every single install, like and brag that you made two thousand dollars more than the, the next guy. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're 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 gonna be because yeah. because I, I know people that, I know people that do side jobs and they're they're proud <laughs> that they yeah. like they they. I was going to say a word, but I probably shouldn't say that word, but they're proud that they, they got this extracted this amount of money from people when they shouldn't have extracted that amount of money. Just, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Oh yeah. That honestly, like if, if you're passionate and I, I know I can tell you are too, obviously Gary, but like stuff here and stuff like that, it, it gets under your, under my skin a little bit. You know, I, I care so much about, good service in the industry as a whole and just you know when people are out there doing things that they shouldn't be doing and using utilizing scare tactics and just to get someone to buy something it's it's uh it gets under my skin it bothers our, me a little bit like our r22 is going to send you everybody to jail soon if you don't if you don't take it out of your system <laughs> yeah, man. or, or, or yeah. replace it there's com- there's companies yeah. that are using that scare tactic Oh man, or especially you know we're in a big gas furnace, big gas furnace market, obviously. And there's the, oh you've got a crack in your heat exchanger, you're gonna die tonight. And while of course there's procedures and and processes and um, I guess even statutes in place, if you don't know what you're talking about or if you can't verify and prove those things, man, don't give the customer a quote for fifteen grand to replace a gas furnace because you told them they're gonna die tonight. unless you can prove it stuff bothers me man thanks Cal and that was awesome I really enjoyed talking to you Um, so you're 24 years old and listen by the time you're 30 35 my age 40 you're going to be a friggin all star well you're going to be an all star before that and you already are by doing what you're doing by running the ship and dealing with people twice your age that are giving you a hard time and getting through and continuing to kick some ass. But as you get older, gain more confidence, gain more experience. It's going to make you that much more of a rock star. Anyway, Callan, thank you very much for getting onto the, the podcast. It's Friday for me. Might not be Friday when you listen, but it's Friday for me. I'm going to hit the road, get home. Happy age-facking.